willing, on Wednesday we are leaving again. We're going to again stop in the Czech Republic for a few days and then go on to South Africa. Uh, I've mentioned before about being in the Czech Republic where my grandfather came many, many years ago. And it's thrilling because last year we met with people with my surname before I was married, Trillick. Well, we called it Trollick here. They got Trillick something to be like. <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, uh, we met with 14 people with that name. Whether they're relatives or not, I'm not sure, but it sounds very much like it could be. But the exciting thing is we are slowly bringing Jesus Christ, bringing the gospel to these people. And I, I correspond with a few of the ladies. And uh, this, uh, this Friday, this coming Friday, we will again meet with the Thrillics in, uh, in the Czech Republic and just pray that a door will open. Because God didn't give me that burden to go to that country just just for my enjoyment. He gave me that burden because he had a purpose for some of those people to really know about Jesus. Because remember, I think I've told you, uh, Czech Republic was known as, maybe it still is known as the most atheistic country in the world. And so there's people there that really need to know Jesus Christ. And we have a dear pastor friend there that we visit and we go to his church, so God willing, a week from today we'll be in his church in Liberec in Czech Republic. Pray for us. And then we go on to South Africa, and we're trusting God again for great things. The uh, Pastor Tyron that's taken over, taken over my uh, husband's position, He's doing a tremendous job. He's a man of great wisdom and a great anointing. And also Pastor Wayne String, they are the two leaders of the mission, and they're doing a tremendous job. Then, you know, that's what makes mom and dad happy, when you see your kids doing even greater than you have done. And it's thrilling to see what God is doing in and through their lives. And they tend to keep mom and dad very busy when we're over there. <laughs> they, they like to, uh, you know, find plenty of places for us to go. Now, actually, we live right on the mission property. They've divided the office, and they've made an apartment for us in the office so that we can come and go whenever we want. We always have a place. And so it, it's thrilling to see that God is, you know... <laughs> When the Lord calls you, it isn't just for a little while, it's for life. <laughs> we sometimes we sometimes change our methods and so on, but we keep on working. Like I was telling someone this morning about Mom Hague. Uh, she died in South Africa. But even when she was in the nursing home, she would get in her wheelchair and would go and minister to people. So no matter where you are, when God calls you, it's still He calls you home, and then we can then we have some more work to do over there. This last time we were in South Africa, we we asked Pastor Tyron to please arrange meetings 
in churches so we could just spend several days. Uh, instead of just one service, we wanted to spend several days of meetings in various of the churches. And it has become very fruitful and uh, satisfying because we are able to get better acquainted with the various congregations and have better fellowship with the pastors and so on. And we wanted to especially emphasize to our people, get back to some of the basics of our Christianity. And one of the things that we especially wanted to emphasize was the power of the blood of Jesus. You know, sometimes we can get so occupied in so many things and good things, but we need to get back to these basics. We need to realize there is power in the blood of Jesus, not only to save, but to keep and to, and to uh, you know, to protect us and so on. And so it was a great blessing to the churches, these various, uh, you know, basic basics of our Christianity. And so we're excited because we've asked Pastor Tyrant to once again uh, arrange the services like that. We've had, we had a wonderful, wonderful uh, biennial conference this last year, and it was one of the most spiritual conferences as people were in front, ministers and so on were in front, weeping and crying before the Lord. Because we're believing God for great and mighty things as never before. We're not satisfied. You know, I don't think the Lord ever wants us to be satisfied with what we have. <laughs> because He's got so much more for us. He wants to give us more and more. And so we're not satisfied. We want to see the Lord do greater things than ever before. Uh, I also wanted to mention, last time we were here... Sorry, yeah, I should have had these out. <clears throat> we had our choice morsels daily devotional, and so many of you gave donations for it. However, we found out the printer in South Africa, he, he didn't do a good job. The binding wasn't good. They sent it back once. <laughs> And he brought it, and here they, some of them still started to fall apart. So now the printer has said that he will do them all of a, over free. And they're really, he did a good job. This one will last till Jesus comes. <laughs> and so if any of you uh, got one of these choice morsels and they started to fall apart, please come to me and you can have one that will last. <laughs> Uh, we still have them. We're still asking for a donation of possibly $20. $20. And what we are doing now, we're saving the money that we get for these donations, and we want to start another church planting program. A few years ago, Pastor Tyrone was very involved in a church planting program where they bring in well, it can be up to 12 students, it can be less. And they come into a central place and have a very intense, condensed study for a solid month. And then they are supposed to go out into their areas and plant a church. 
Now, that uh, original program, it was called the CTC program, Community Transformation Center program, and they were supposed to have 20 new baptized members by the end of the first year. Now, they weren't supposed to steal. <laughs> uh, and it was a very successful program, and it was funded by a group in Kentucky and so on. However, the support for that fell off. And so now we want to start it up again. And that's where we are saving the uh, donations that we get for choice morsels. And hopefully, uh, we, we hope to still start it this year if possible. And we maybe will only start with a less number of students, but bring them in because our office is big enough. They can live right there and then they go out and plant a church. So that's our desire. We're not satisfied with just, you know, status quo. We want the work to grow. We want the work to grow out, especially into these country areas that are far away from the city areas. So that is what the, the that is what the donations for the Choice Morse is going to look at. This one's a nice one. It's got a good binding. It's even got a yellow ribbon. <laughs> so if your book fell apart, please come and I'll give you a nice one. Also, our daughter, uh, Lynette, uh, she and her husband were working with us in South Africa for a while. She has written uh, a children's book called Sipo and the Sunbird. And, and she's also did done all the illustrations herself. Uh, it's about a little boy that his mama died from AIDS and he's being raised by his grandmother. And so she also wants the profits from this to go to the children's work in South Africa. Now, you know, I'm not very good at trying to advertise, but... <laughs> But uh, it's for all for the honor and glory of God. It's not money to go for our own profit, but it's for the work of the Lord. And so you can see me after the service if you'd like one of these. And like I said, the profits from this was saving them up. We got quite a bit saved already. <laughs> and so we'll be trying to start that as soon as possible. Oh, Lynette's. She says you can give whatever you want, but she'd like $10, and it, the profits are to go to South Africa for the children's work. All right. Now, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the great part that you've had in the work in South Africa. You have been one of our longest-standing, highest supporters for so many, many years. And we want to say thank you. You've got a great part in South Africa. It's your work. It's not, and it's your work as well as ours. It's not ours. It belongs to the Lord. But I mean, you have worked there just as much as we have because you've given and you've prayed. So the souls that have come to Jesus, that's your reward. The young people that have gone out into ministry, that's your reason. So God bless you. We love you and we appreciate you so much.
to heaven, you'll get the rest of the story. Oh, what a blessing to be here this morning in community, Bible Church. To see all of you here and just to know that you are family. We love you dearly. We look forward to heaven one day where we won't have to say, you know, at least see you later. We'll see each other for all eternity. I want to share this morning, I want to greet Pastor Bruce, and I heard another name, Pastor Barry, and all the those in leadership here. I, I greet you with much love, and the whole church here, all the family of CBC. God bless you. We love you this morning, and I want to share <coughs> from my heart to your heart, and excuse me if <coughs> these frogs trouble us. Two things in life that we have a problem with. One is a Goliath, the other is a storm. <coughs> the Goliath story is found in First Samuel chapter 17. And I'm going to hurry very quickly because I, unless God stops the clock and holds the sun where it is and stops all these planets in their orbit, 11 o'clock will come around pretty quick. But I'm going to share very quickly here how to defeat a giant because a giant represents evil. He's not good. And so, how do you how do you defeat something evil that comes into your life that's pretty big, threatens your peace, your security, just as Goliath did to the army of Israel in First Samuel chapter 17? How do we deal with a giant? How do we deal with the enemy that comes and tries to tell us that what was forgiven 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago is still there, and he tries to load guilt on us, tries to condemn. How do we deal with a giant called fear, intimidation? You, you name it, it's evil. Well, when you look at the story of David facing Goliath, we'll understand a little bit. First of all, the thing that David had to overcome was criticism. When you're facing something evil, there will come words of criticism. There will come a challenge. Sometimes it's the inner voice that asks us, what do we think we're doing? Do we really think that, you know, we can deal with this situation, that this giant can be defeated? But oftentimes this challenge comes from outside, comes from other people, and the challenge that reached David's ears was from his oldest brother, Eliab. Because when David was sent by his father to come and visit his brothers and bring them some snacks and find out how they're doing so he could bring back word to dad how his sons were doing, when Eliab hears David questioning the people there, because David has heard that there's a reward to be given to the one who defeats the giant. And as David is asking different people, am I hearing right? Eliab hears this and he challenges David. He, he tries to intimidate David. He tries to make David feel so uncomfortable that, you know, he needs to get out of there. He's not there. This is not his, this is not his story. This is not his cup of tea. He challenges David with three things. He says, first of all, why are you here? Well, David was there because Father sent him. And so the first thing you and I have to realize, if we're going to face the giant, is we have to know that we've been sent. We're not just doing something on our own, that what we're doing for the kingdom of God is because we've been sent. 
And secondly, he challenges David as to, he should be watching the sheep. What have you done with those few sheep that you should be watching? Well, David left the sheep in the care of another keeper. He did not abandon the sheep. And so the second thing we face is that we need to be responsible where we are. Thirdly, he challenges David as to why he's still hanging around here. What are you doing here? You've come to watch the fight. No, no, no. David's not watching the fight. He's going to be the fighter that faces Goliath. So when you and I are going to face something evil, we're going to have to deal with criticism. We're going to have to deal with these challenges. We're going to have to feel, deal with the feeling of inferiority. Secondly, David had to deal with the voice of compromise which came from his own king, King Saul. Because when David was brought to King Saul, when somebody said, we've got somebody here to fight the giant, and David's brought into King Saul's tent, when King Saul takes one look at David, he shakes his head and he says, no way. You're too young. That giant has been fighting since he was very young. It's the voice of compromise. In other words, King Saul is telling David, leave the giant alone. We'll handle him sometime We'll deal with the giant, but it's not your fight. Leave it. Leave him alone. It's not for you. And we sometimes have to deal with this, this tendency to maybe compromise. You know, it's okay. Other people have these problems. Other people deal with giants. Other people deal with these evil situations. Maybe we can endure it. Maybe our marriage can endure it. Maybe we... No, no, no. There comes, there comes, there comes, there comes a time, a time when you do it. I have to say enough is enough. We don't have to put up with these things. We're not survivors. We're not abandoned somewhere on some lonely island and we've got to endure starvation and, and you know, situations that is not very comfortable. I appreciate that, but God bless you. It is special. You see, no, no, we are winners. A survivor comes out looking half dead. That, that's not us. That's not the church. Jesus didn't say to the church, now when you come to the end, you know, you're going to be dead, you're going to be, you know, look like death itself. No, no, no. We are winners. More than conquerors. And so, David has to deal <clears throat> with this challenge. The compromise. Give it up. You know, King Saul probably is hoping sometime, somewhere, somehow we'll deal with the giant a bit, but maybe not today. And that's the tendency to compromise. Maybe not today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll feel more like it. Maybe I'll be stronger. You know, whatever. No, no. We come to a time and a place when it's to be. That we deal with this evil thing that comes to threaten our peace and our well-being. That wants to, you know, just make us feel so guilty under condemnation. No, no, no. Enough is enough. Please, hear me. I'm sharing my heart to your heart. And so... When David is able to deal with his brother's criticism, trying to make him feel insignificant, as we heard the, the word of the Lord, that sometimes we have a feeling of insignificance. And he had to deal with the tendency to compromise. You know, after all, the king is the highest authority. And when the king speaks, you listen. But David has heard from even He's heard from heaven. And I just want to encourage you young people here, uh, Camp Barnabas, you will be facing situations as you go down. <clears throat> You'll be facing giants. 
the thing about this fight is, it was not really David's fight. It was supposed to be the army of Israel and King Saul to deal with the child. But David takes this on very personally. It becomes his fight to represent his God. And so as you young people go down there, you will be dealing with maybe somebody else's giant. But take it to heart. Make it a personal thing that you are going to stand with that person as David stood with the army of Israel and stood and said, I will fight this giant. Let no man's heart fail because of fear. God bless you as you go down into this God bless you as you stand up and say, enough is enough. The second thing we deal with are storms. Now, a storm is a different situation. It, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily evil. It feels evil. It feels bad. But a storm can be something that builds our faith because every storm that the disciples experienced, they came out, hopefully, with greater faith. Please hear me. The storms of life are difficult. Excuse me if I take a drink of water, would you? <clears throat> How many people watch the Weather Channel? <clears throat> they say you're, you can tell your age when you spend a lot of time watching the Weather Channel. And it's a good thing because the Weather Channel lets us know what weather hopefully we can expect in the next 12, 24 hours, next few days. But for these storms, we don't have a Weather Channel. We don't know when they're going to come, but they do come. But the thing we have to remember is this. When the storm comes, if you really love Jesus, if you've committed your life to Jesus, you're not alone. He's there. He's there. First of all, let's look at the storm that uh, this scripture here. Matthew chapter fourteen. It says Jesus ministered to the multitude, then he sent them away. And then he told his disciples commanded them, it says, to get into the boat, and he would meet them on the other side. And so, the disciples get into the boat. They begin to cross the sea of Galilee when the storm comes up. Now, whose idea was it for them to be in the boat? Was it their idea, or did Jesus tell them? Jesus told them. So, what is important is this, that when we want to face whatever storm of life may come in the next 12, 24 hours, 7 days, 30 days, the first thing we have to make sure is that we are hopefully as close to the will of God as we can be. That we're doing what He wants us to do, that we're living as He wants us to be. Because that's, that's the first thing. They were in the boat because Jesus told them to get in. Cross the sea on the Second, as the boat is going, of course, the storm comes up. Jesus has gone up into the mountain to pray. We're in Matthew chapter 14. 
And then early in the morning, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes walking to the disciples. He does not meet them on the other side. He meets them on the sea. They never saw this before. And as they look through this, just beginning to get light, and they see this figure there, they thought it was a ghost, and they scream. You've heard children scream. You've maybe heard a lady scream because there was a mouse in the kitchen or something. But have you heard men scream? They scream. They thought it was a ghost. And the voice of Jesus came back reassuring them, Steve, don't be afraid. Now, Peter shows us what you can do in a storm. You can either stay in the boat, or you can decide that you'd like to get closer to Jesus. What would you like? When the storm hits, or if you are presently in a storm, where would you like to be? In the boat? Or would you like to be where Jesus is? Because as Peter looks out and he hears the voice of Jesus, he says, Lord, if that's your call, I'd like to come. And the Lord calls Peter with just one word. Come. So Peter got out of the boat. And as he got out of the boat, if I can read between the lines, I think he's gingerly, very firmly perhaps, holding onto the side of the boat, you know, feeling And there's something solid under his feet. And he begins to walk. He did not sink immediately. He begins to walk. What this is telling me is this, that if you and I are in the midst of a storm, doesn't matter what that storm is, it can be a storm of illness, it can be a financial storm, it can be some storm that's striking, whatever it is, it does not have to defeat us. First of all, remember Jesus. If you love him, if you're serving Him, Jesus is there. But we have a tendency to think we're alone. In fact, there was another situation where there was another storm. Jesus had been preaching to the storm, preaching, and, and then Jesus said, let's cross to the other side. And so they got into a boat and they started to cross. This is in uh, Mark chapter 4, beginning of verse 35. And, and as they were going... The storm came up, and where's Jesus? <laughs> Jesus is not sitting there worried. He's fast asleep. And the disciples, it says, when the water started coming into the boat, they, somebody rushed over to Jesus and shook him and said, Master, wake up. Don't you care for us? Don't you care that we are about to perish? Jesus stood up and rebuked him. We sometimes forget that the Lord is there for a purpose. He's there. He's there. In your storm, if you'll just listen, you'll hear. Now, you might tell me, but David, we don't actually see Jesus, do we? No, no, we don't actually see him, but we, we can believe that he's there. And there comes this word. This is what's important. There comes a word. Even as our brother was sharing something that the Lord showed him about crossing this gorge, about walking in faith and crossing over, there comes this word. This word that it enables us to do what the Lord wants us to do. And we've got to focus on the word, not what we feel, not what our thoughts are. 
we need to focus on the Word. And though we cannot actually physically see Jesus, we can get His Word. We can be reminded of His promises. How? Through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when He, the Comforter, comes, when He, the Spirit of Truth, is comes, He will remind you of my words. He will show what is mine. He will reveal it unto you. He will not talk of Himself. He will talk of me. And so how do we get the Word of the Lord? How do, are we reminded of His promises? How do we hear what He's saying? It's through the Holy Spirit. This one word, come, was enough for Peter. In that word, come, was all of the power and the authority to walk on that water. If only he had stayed focused on Jesus, and this is the problem we have. We tend to look at the problem. We tend to see how big the problem is, and sometimes the problem looks bigger than we do, and, and we, you know, we begin to sink. It's just Peter, when Peter saw what the wind was doing, he became afraid, and he began to sink. But remember one thing, Peter had left the boat. He's not clinging to the boat anymore. He first of all had focused on Jesus. He heard the word come. He got the word. He believed the word. He knew that Jesus was there. He begins to walk. But when he takes his eyes off of Jesus, what is, what's happening? He's, he's not hearing the word anymore, but he's hearing what the wind is doing. The wind is howling. He's seeing what the wind is doing. He's seeing the waves being stirred up by the wind. He's not seeing Jesus anymore. Please, when you're in the storm, don't look at the storm. Please. Somehow in faith, focus on the one who's there because he loves you. His name is Jesus. It will always be Jesus. Focus on Jesus. He's there. Peter began to sing. But you see, Peter had reached the place where it's all or nothing. He did not call for John. John, throw me a rope. John, help me. Somebody in the boat, help me. No, no, no. Thank goodness he had presence of faith and mind to remember Jesus. And he called out and said, Lord, save me. A short prayer, three words, Lord, save me. And the Lord was there in a moment, lifted him up. And what did the Lord say? Why did you doubt? Oh, oh you of little faith, why were you afraid? Why did you doubt? In other words, he's saying, Peter, why did you doubt my word? Why did you forget the word? Why did you lose faith? In me, in my power, when I called you, Peter, I called you to come all the way. Oh, saints of God. We will face the giants. We will face the storms. But we can defeat the giants if we remember one thing. Don't listen to criticism and challenges. Don't listen to the voice of compromise. Deal with that giant. And when David faced the giant, this is one thing David said. David never, never spoke his name. David brought the Lord into the battle. He told Goliath, this day the Lord will give you into my hand. This day I will remove your head from your body. This day the company will know that there is a God who reigns with his people Israel. This day. That's how you deal with giants. You bring God into it. What did David tell King Saul? He said, the God that helped me to defeat the lion when the lion tried to come and take a young one and I was able to rescue the young lamb and I was able to kill the lion. The bear tried the same thing. I killed the bear. God who was with me then is with me now. When you're facing a giant, remember what God did yesterday. And say, thank you, Lord, you were there yesterday in my trials and testings and those things that came up. And now, God, as I face this evil giant, I know that you are with me. 
The giant never heard the name David, but he heard the name of God. Hallelujah. And when David defeated the giant, that time the army of Israel was able to give a shout of triumph. When you and I have victory, when those group, when you of the uh, Barnabas camp go down there and you minister to people, there's going to be people rejoicing because a giant was defeated. Something evil was overcome. I believe it. I believe that in this day and in this time, what we do for the Lord is for this time. For such a time as this. And when you face the storms, please, don't do what the disciples did at the other storm. When they woke Jesus up and they said, Master, don't you care that we are about to die? Please. I believe one of the things that hurts the Lord the most is when we doubt His love. When we say, Lord, don't you love me anymore? Don't ever doubt His love, please. Please. Don't ever doubt His love. Don't ever doubt that He cares. And when He stood up and He rebuked the wind and the wind stopped blowing, the waves became calm, He turned to the disciples and said, Why did you doubt? In other words, I believe we're saying, why did you doubt my love, my concern, my care for you? And so I'm saying today, if you're facing a storm, don't doubt him. He's there. Don't look at the storm. Look at Jesus, please. It's our only hope. And don't let that giant, whatever that giant is, that evil thing, don't let it live a day longer. Please, God, that this day the Lord will defeat the enemy in your life. Would you bow your heads with me? And as I'm praying today, I'm going to ask you one thing. I'm going to ask you if you're facing a giant or you're facing a storm, I want you to stand. And as we pray together, we're going to believe God that that giant will be defeated. I don't know what the giant is in your life. It's some evil temptation that refuses to die. If it's guilt, condemnation, fear, whatever it is, comes along and tries to torment you. We're going to believe today that that giant will no longer exist in your life. He will not trouble you any longer. If you're facing a storm today, I want you to stand. And we're going to believe, God, that you will get through the storm. The Bible says immediately when Jesus picked up, when Peter, when Jesus lifted Peter up, can you imagine what it was like? Can you imagine what it was like when, when Jesus and Peter walked back together to the boat? That's what's going to happen. Even when our faith wavers and the Lord has to lift us up. Oh, there is that walk with Him in the midst of the storm. The Bible says when He got back to the boat immediately, the storm stopped. Praise God. Did you know that in the other storm when Jesus was asleep, the Bible says there were other boats that were with Him. And the peace and the, and the blessing that came to the boat where Jesus was became also the blessing of the other boats. And so when the Lord blesses you and me in our storms of life and we come through victorious, there will be others that will be blessed as well. Would you stand if you're not facing a storm or you're facing a giant? Would you stand right now? Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Join me in prayer, saints, would you right now, Father in heaven, there are people standing here today, Lord, experiencing a Goliath, an evil giant, something coming against them that's evil.
But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're believing Almighty God that as you gave this young lad, David, as you gave him victory over Goliath, you will give my brother, my sister victory over that giant, O oh God. We're declaring today, enough is enough. And no more will we face this giant, Lord. We're believing today, believing together, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you, Pastor Bruce, would you stand with me right now? We're going to declare this victory. Any others of your leaders just want to stand right where you are? And just lift, let's lift our hands to these people right now. If you're, if you're near somebody that's standing, just reach out your hand to them. Stand with them if you want to. Stand with them. Right now, Lord, we declare giants defeated, whatever they are, fear, doubt, temptations, evil things. Oh, God, guilt. Whatever it is, Lord, this evil thing that refuses to die, Lord, we're declaring today it's enough. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we're declaring today those that are facing a storm, those that find themselves in stormy waters, that right now, Lord, they will sense your presence. Jesus, you're there. You're there with them, Lord Jesus, because you love them. You're there, Lord Jesus. You're there, Lord Jesus. You're there, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you right now, Lord, as they sense your presence, Lord. And there comes a word brought by the Holy Spirit, your word, Lord, that comforts them right now in this moment of time. I'm the Lord. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always to the very end. Thank you for your word, Lord, that says, Come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Lord, you've inviting us to come, to draw closer during the storm, to know you, know your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. As I turn this back to you may be seated. As I turn this to Pastor Bruce, remember the word of the Lord to his disciples. He said, let's cross over to the other side. He didn't say we're going to have problems. I hope we make it. No. When you and I put our faith and trust in the Lord, he makes sure we're going to get to the other side. Whatever it is we're doing, we're going to get to the other side. Whatever Camp, whatever, whatever Camp Barnabas is going to do down there in Missouri, you're going to get to the other side. There will be victory. Amen. Oh, the Lord's not, Lord's not wringing his hands. There will be nobody one day will stand before him, Pastor Bruce, and neither you nor myself are going to stand there one day and the, the Lord has to apologize to us and say, Bruce, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to face the storm. I'm sorry. I, I let you drown. I let you have some tough times. There. No, no. There's going to be no apologies from him. Because he loves you. Please, would you believe that today? Take that today as you claimed it. Victory in the storm. His presence there. And if the storm should come tomorrow, he's there. He knows you tomorrow. You and I still have a few hours to go till Monday. The Lord's already in your Monday. He knows what you're going to face. And thank you again, Community Bible Church. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. Thank you, leaders. Thank you for your part in reaching souls in Africa. And now, the check we can we say thank you to these guys again? Yeah. Grab his notes. There you go. You, you go right ahead. Wasn't that fantastic? 
Yeah, let's thank them again. <clears throat> you know, a couple things that always touch my heart when they that when they come. Number one, you heard, heard Donna say this earlier. In the kingdom of God, you don't get to retire. You know, we have sometimes, I think in America, especially we have this Western mindset that you get to a certain place and then you just check out and you're done. You're not done in the kingdom. You can be done with your work and all that, you know, retirement from a workplace, but you don't retire from the kingdom. And I just appreciate you guys and honor you for just continued vision, fresh vision of what God has for them next. And, and that is so inspiring to me that, that, you know, if we catch that, the church catches that, we don't retire from the kingdom, that we're still going until God takes us home. And, uh, you know, they talk about Mom Hay, Helen Hay, ministering while she's in the nursing home. You know, there's still vision, still souls, there's still someone to love, someone to encourage, someone to reach. And the, the, the other thing that, that I wanted to uh, just bring up um, was something that Paul said. Um, he said, you know, you, ha- you have many instructors in Christ, but not many fathers. And we've been fathered and mothered today by this couple. You know, and, and you hear their heart to encourage the church and what he's called and what God's called us to do. And, uh, and, and they, they have become somewhat fathers and mothers in the faith. And they are reaching to the next generation. And you heard them. They're training leaders. Uh, if you were here a few years uh, ago, uh, Tyron, who works under them, is now taking over the ministry. We get to, he was here and got to meet him and talk to them. This, they, they don't just have a vision for today. They have a vision for the future, for what God is doing. As long as the Lord tarries, they have a vision and a mission that God's called them to. And to hand it to the next generation, let's catch that. Let's catch that and uh, catch the heartbeat behind what God is doing. And so as we close, I want to pray for David and Donna. Continue to lift them up and pray for them um, as they do ministry. And um, if you could extend your hand to them, and uh, we're just going to pray for them. As you guys can just stand right there, and we'll just pray for you. And Jesus, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the word of the Lord that does not return void. God, I pray, Lord, that... Uh, even today as we've heard from your hearts that we, Lord, like James says, don't be just hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. That we would leave here and we would say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me? I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead David and Donna, that you would continue to lead and guide them, give them um, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God, that they would know your heart. God, we pray for continued protection as they travel. Lord, for those divine appointments in the Czech Republic, Lord God, for continued vision and ministry in South Africa, Lord, that the ministry would go forth. God, thank you for this couple. We speak your greatest blessing over them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you are dismissed, if you'd like to talk to them in the back, um, like look at the books that, that Donna mentioned, or if you want to talk to them about the ministry that they're doing, see them in the foyer. I'm sure they would love to visit with you for a few minutes. and. They can tell you about the ongoing ministry, some more specific things about the ministry. But God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day in the Lord.